Daniel. Bennett. How's it going? Um, I'm actually kind of stressed today. That's nice. Uh, so what else is going on? Well, I think I'll tell you about being stressed before you just turn to something else. Okay. Um, it's actually not a good story now that I think about it. But I woke up feeling stressed, and it's kind of a conglomeration of a lot of things, so I can't articulate exactly what it is. And that's annoying to me as like a logical being who wants to be able to identify. I mean, I have reasons. It's it's work-related reasons. It's uh, I'm juggling various projects, and I'm doing so many different things, and then they're all okay. Like nothing's a disaster, but nothing's kick-ass. And mm-hmm. that sort of, uh, that bugs me because I'm giving my all and my all is producing a lot of mediocre things where I'd, ra- I'd rather, I'd prefer to focus, focus. my energies to yeah. far less and, and kick ass in them. So um, that's where I'm at. And that, that, that takes a toll emotionally um, and just makes me slightly frustrated consistently. And I don't like that at all. Uh, yeah, I know what you mean. I mean, we've talked a lot before um, about, well, I mean, I'm I'm a completionist, and, you know, we talk about that usually when we talk about video games, but really that applies in almost every realm. And so if I have a lot of things going on and I have to div- divert my attention between them and uh, I, I can't focus on one thing and finish it, then that stresses me out too. I definitely prefer to pick a task, focus on it, and then you know, finish it to a high degree of quality and then move on. So you're saying there's a there's a strong relationship between your completionist tendencies and perfectionism? Well, see, that's the thing. Whenever people ask me if I'm a, profession, a perfectionist, or even when I've, I just think about it... I or can even never... say the word, which you obviously can't, so... That's right, <laughs> exactly. I can't say Some it perfectly. Some perfectionist you are. <laughs> I can't say it perfectly at all. Um, <laughs> whenever I think about that... Um, I can never decide whether I'm a perfectionist or not. <laughs> but isn't, isn't that hilarious? Is that not the perfectionist tendency to want to answer that question perfectly? And you're like, I don't even know because the thing is, I'm not exactly sure what you mean. And if I don't have a perfect understanding of what you mean by perfectionist, I'm uncomfortable answering this question perfectly. I mean, that's that's like richly well, ironic to me. That's kind of funny if you think about it that way. I'll, I'll give you that. But let me continue anyway and justify why I'm not sure. Um, <laughs> that's because, well, it, it, it depends on whose standards we're, we're judging perfection by. Um, generally, the way I do things is I, I do things until they meet my standards. And mm-hmm. a lot, I, I stop a lot of things when there are still flaws uh, present. And when I realize, oh, I could continue and do more work and make this better but I stop anyway because, well, it meets my standards. It does what it needs to do. So really, I think I'm more pragmatic than I am perfectionist. Um, But, and this may sound slightly arrogant, but I think most of the time my standards tend to be higher than other people's standards. So in practice, what this means is, you know, for when I was in school or, or even doing work, when I think, oh, this is good enough, when I turn that thing in, people go, wow, this really exceeded our expectations. Um, and they say, well, you must really be a perfectionist to have done this. And well, I think, well... Or perhaps when you're in, in group work or something like that, they, they're they saying, oh, we're kind of done. And you're saying, no, 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 like this isn't to my standards. And so you continue to work and they go, oh, Ben, it's such a perfectionist. But, but really, 
you're just you just have reasonable and high standards you can have i think it's possible to have high standards that are totally totally reasonable um and that's what you're I saying think so. you and, and that's why I, that's why i tend to say i'm not a perfectionist but yeah you know maybe 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 you're dead on the money with your uh <laughs> You know, me hemming and hawing about perfectionism means I'm a perfectionist. Dead on the money. I nailed the, I nailed the money on the you head. Nailed, n- nailed the nail on the head. Yep, nailed it. Um, yeah, well, one man's perfectionism is another man's, um, you know, it's just, it's just another man's garbage. So That's right. That's, that is what they say, I think. One man's treasure is another man's perfectionism. Um, yeah. So uh, I heard, uh, I heard that you have something to, to show me. Uh, that is true. I wanted to try out a new little segment we could call. We could call it a number of things, but I like this uh, Bennett tries trending uh, oh. because I'm very. I'm gonna get very popular. You're gonna get very popular. No, the idea is I think you've admitted to yourself and to me. Uh, that you're not the most knowledgeable when it comes to popular trends, when it comes to hip things, uh, when it comes to uh, what the kids are saying and doing these days. And not just kids, but just hipsters and, I don't know, insert anything that's very topical. Uh, Would that be fair to to say about you? Absolutely not. (laughs) I am really lit with the lingo. You're so lit with the lingo. I mean, I think it's very raw. <laughs> and you're just saying that because I told you the word raw like a week ago. <laughs> um, so with that in mind, I've toyed with various ideas of either taking popular culture trends or even niche trends and just seeing, you know, okay, so society is endorsing these sorts of values or uh, this is the sort of musical taste of the day or just really anything. And then getting kind of an organic uh, response from you and seeing what what you think of that. Um, That sounds like a lot of fun. (laughs) So uh, with the first thing I've collected, I'm not going to say, I'm not going to argue that it's a mega popular trend, but it's one of these sort of organic, um, you want to say the word herbal, but that's not right. Just uh, like I've heard of organic things. (laughs) Yeah, organic things seem to be very hip and like and health conscious stuff like these health trends that seem a little off the wall or oddball that celebrities will come out and endorse or you know like a couple vitamins. of almost, yeah vitamin you know just a well not just vitamins but different workout routines and uh or some sort of mindfulness practices and that sort of thing yeah I, i've already I, I can save you a lot of trouble i've already heard of all of these things vitamins exercise heard of this stuff this is going to be a boring segment. Right. So I'm, I'm assuming you've heard of the Yanni Egg. The what? The Yanni. Is that a musician? The Yanni Egg. Actually, Yanni, I believe, is a some sort of Italian um, string instrument player. But yeah. that's just me pulling from... Am I yeah, right? Yeah, I feel like I've heard, I've heard that name uh, as a musician <laughs> yeah, or something. But I, I can't even so speak this to is, that. So. Um, so this is some kind of egg... Yeah, what do you think the Yanni egg is, me just saying that? The Yanni egg. And I've told you, I've given you some context clues that it has to do with the health movement. Something with health. I mean, I don't know. I I mean, at this point, I can only conclude that 
you know, this musician has bred a new species of chicken and <laughs> is selling the egg, and it's extra healthy for some reason. It and maybe oh, I got it. Eggs. When when the when the chickens are roosting, uh, he plays soothing Italian string music uh, to them, <laughs> and it makes the eggs like just extra nutritious. Close. All right. Well, nailed that one. <laughs> It's actually a crystal or stone egg-shaped device that you insert into your vagina. (laughs) (laughs) Wait a second! I can't even use this. uh, Well, you. I can't. I can't even get healthy this way. Well, you're. a, a potential partner could get healthy this way, in which you insert and then hold it in I, I, um, all day or for hours. Or, I mean, you, you build up. I don't think you'd be able to. It's basically vagina weightlifting. Um, what the hell? But, what? But then it, the but Yanni egg. Yes, That's not, it, so it doesn't have anything to do with the musician? No, nothing to do with the musician. God, um, I bet Yanni is just not very pleased about this development. <laughs> Well, the the <laughs> clip I want to show you is my. I, can I even watch this? Like, um, is, is this? Uh, oh, they they I don't mean, show guess... the insertion or anything like that. It's about these two people that like they they have a video uh, uh, subscriptions or a service on not service channel on YouTube in which they try these peculiar trends, and these two people uh, are very unusual. I don't know much about them, but their channel is called Upgraded, and they try out these trends so they go to a like yanni egg specialist uh, or two girls that will talk about you know the effects and it's about 12 minutes long so uh, you just swing it, by the old yanni egg store the, the in the mall, and store. you see the apple store and it's like white and gray and with just the big window glass window in the front and then the next one is the yanni egg store and it's just yeah, you right. know, a crystal crystal front door and everything with all of these eggs inside i mean yes between the what, apple how store big and the are these sun. things are these are these like the size of golf balls or would, like ostrich eggs um, or i would say is like it the stronger egg, like, the stronger your vagina gets you like ramp up the egg size but no to a more dense version it's a lot heavier um, i'm making that up i don't know um but the idea well i'll i'll let the video speak for itself and then we can unpack all right so what we can do is uh we can record our reactions watching the video, and then we'll put them in here uh, so everyone can listen to how we reacted as we were watching the video for the first time. So here it goes. It's, it's a very peculiar group. <laughs> this is weird already. Yeah, no, the whole thing's really weird. <laughs> like, unbearably weird. I don't know if you'll make it all the way through. He, he, he sounds kind of like you. <laughs> no, he doesn't. <laughs> the candle thing. Oh, yeah. Well, like, his actions. It's a cool necklace. Yoni egg. Ah, see, I was right. A Greek keyboardist. I'm a big <laughs> fan of the geek, Greek uh, keyboardists. Yoni. Look at it. Do you see the Yoni eggs? Yeah. I think I get a lot of those... Uh, on Halloween and, and Easter. What happens if it hatches in there? <laughs> whoosh, whoosh, whoosh. 
Wait, what state did they say this these people are in? I think it was in California. Oh, I could have never guessed. <laughs> oh, they have an egg in inside probably. of their v- vagina. <laughs> probably. <laughs> <laughs> How many eggs do you think they have if they're like the supreme <laughs> uh, egg holders? She might ask how many deep it. I'm not sure. I don't remember. <laughs> what would it's you describe your relationship with your vagina as? <laughs> what kind of question is that? Are you kidding me? Shoving a smooth egg up your vagina is disempowerment of females? Good story. Great story. Wonderful story. It's really- that was entertaining. Oh, this is so slow. Hurry up. Show me the vagina. Just show me the vagina already. (laughs) I don't think you're going to get that. That's really small. Yeah, it is, isn't it? That's, that's, yeah, that doesn't seem like it would do anything. But I mean, I guess you're holding it in while walking around and stuff. I don't know how different that is like you know what i I mean mean, i hold in turds a lot bigger than that (laughs) but in your vagina though like (laughs) i bet he gives it a try next well all right Uh, yeah well (laughs) thoughts bennett uh I didn't like it. Uh, did, you, did you not like the product or the video or what? All right, let me. Uh, I didn't like the video. Let me see if I can actually, actually put my thoughts into words. Um, so product wise, product wise, I don't really have uh, other than like it's a silly product that's not very important. I don't really. Uh, I don't have any problem with it. I mean. Physiologically speaking, it makes sense. Um, so it's not entirely hippie. It's not like a, a bullshit no. like uh, uh, pill that's going to make you smarter. Like there's that's crap. Whereas this has some validity. Is that what I'm hearing you say? That like you're not yeah, particularly sure. interested, but there is some validity that's beyond. Um, well, I mean, it makes salesmanship. Uh, it makes sense, right? You you put something up there and you have to hold it up there or, or manipulate or move it. I mean, you are essentially working out muscles. So the stuff that those hippie women said, um, I mean, there's some validity to that and you know, that, that makes sense. So, you know, fine. I, that's fine. I mean, there are like, I think I saw some, you know, as seen on TV thing, this weird contraption you stick underneath your chin and you open your mouth and go rah, 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 like that, and it's supposed to get rid of your chin flab. Really, I, I have not seen that. That's so. It, um, but it theoretically, and this could seems work. like a similar category of product. You know, just like, oh, well, I mean, some of your muscles are more easy to exercise than others, right? Uh, and so, I mean, from from that that sense, it. You know, I understand it, and it makes sense, and it might might even work. Um, so that's 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 my positive take on it. Uh, as far as the video is concerned, I thought it was weird and and pretty not funny. Um, I like the '80s vibe, oh, <laughs> just yeah. aesthetically. Uh, 
But the sense but, of humor was completely bizarre and and very. I mean, it. Uh, yeah. Well, you you mentioned near the start of it that it felt kind of like Tim and Eric, uh, a little bit, and I see where you're coming from, but but it wasn't funny is the thing well, like they didn't capitalize on the absurdity and the um you know the the quick cuts and stuff like tim and eric do sometimes in fact it's hard to tell how serious they actually are like is this what tim and eric are making fun of right i i couldn't tell whether because oh, i mean when you watch a tim and eric video it's it's obvious that they're intentionally being absurd and weird mm-hmm. but this they were being absurd and weird but it wasn't absurd enough or weird enough to to really make you think that these people don't actually behave that way. It walked the line and seemed um, informative Maybe, enough to to be confusing on how much of this is humor and how much of this is informative. Right. Yeah. Maybe they're just too subtle for me. You know, <laughs> the nuanced um, my, humor I'm not, was over your head. Yeah, I'm not nuanced enough. My sense of humor just isn't fine-tuned enough to uh, to, to understand the vagina rock egg, uh, Greek keyboardist egg that you put inside yourself. <laughs> so I just looked up how much a yoni or yoni egg costs. Uh, if it costs more, if it costs more than ten dollars, then it's uh, it's a scam. It is sixty-six dollars. Wow, wow. So it's more than six scams. <laughs> Is that entirely outrageous to charge $66 for these? Yeah, I used to make yoni eggs uh, in in my parents' house when I was a kid with a rock tumbler. <laughs> uh, but it can't so, just be yeah. any rock. It's got to be like a jade stone or something. Whatever. Like that, right? Yeah, I'm Whatever. not sure if I'm it's buying just, that. It's just got to be able to be sterilized is all they were saying. And I'm sure there are plenty of rocks you can sterilize. Agreed. Agreed. Uh, yeah, man. I God, if I could – if only – I've always asked myself what I would do if I had a time machine. And now I know I could go back and talk to 8-year-old Bennett and say, 8-year-old Bennett get out that rock tumbler and make some eggs to stuff up (laughs) eight-year-old bennett would be like what 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 is why what why leave me alone and why is this the thing you're telling me (laughs) oh it's so strange so i don't have time to explain (laughs) you're gonna call them yoni eggs and you're you're gonna charge 66 dollars a piece you're going to be rich. $66 a piece. Start sitting Indian style now. <laughs> How could you extend this product to males? <laughs> um, Your urethra uh, stone? I, I don't know. I don't know. It's just not, it's just, <laughs> well, well, there's just not, not, really much, not really much purpose, is there? No, not at all. Not at all. I mean, no, I don't want to go there. I don't either. I don't either. <laughs> I'm already questioning how uh, how sensitive this topic is to to what we're trying to accomplish or not. <laughs> I think it's fine. I think it's fine. Yeah, me We've too. Kept it uh, suitably rated, I suppose. Yeah. So. Oh uh, man. Uh, all right. What what next? Oh uh, well, last time you you did the superpowers and the super, and I really want to do that again because I really enjoyed. Oh, you want to do it again? Is that possible? Oh yeah, sure. I I I have I have some. I can I can I can pull those up. Um before we I, I should have done this at the the very beginning, but before we get started uh with that, I do have 
one correction to make to something that uh, that I said last time. Okay. Um, real quick, like we were talking about scientific advances, mm-hmm. and I said we were talking about X-rays in particular, and I talked about Marie Curie. Um, and I don't know. I guess I just got it confused. Marie Curie dealt with radioactivity, not X-rays. Okay. Um, uh, w- uh, William Rankin was the X-ray guy. Well, I will certainly so sleep better I just got knowing confused. that. So I know you are probably under, you know, just under your breath cursing me uh, for messing that well, up. Well, I thought you made us all look like fools. Um, so I'm glad we could clear that up and. So. And now it's really just sorry. just you owning. I was not going to call you out. Obviously, I knew the mistake, but I thought how unacceptable it would be to to call you out in front of everybody like that. Well, thanks. So, you're thanks welcome. Thanks for that. You're very magnanimous. Yes, magnanimous. Yes, very magnanimous. I'm all of those, all of those things. So, all right. So you want to do another uh, another superpower do thing? I do because if you could refresh our audience's memory or refresh my memory, mm-hmm. I am uh, choosing. We'll yes. go ahead. So I've got a big list of uh, of superpowers and and drawbacks. This is something that I'm sure a lot of people ha- have done before, where they you know do either or would you rather be fly or be invisible or whatever and usually they pick really great superpowers right. um to decide between but i think it's kind of more interesting to do really lame uh low quality superpowers mm-hmm. um and i don't know i think it makes for a better discussion and then to kind of keep things interesting uh the way this is is i present you with two superpowers and two drawbacks, and you have to dis- you have to pick one superpower and one drawback, or decide to just walk away. Got it. So if you want either of the two superpowers, you have to decide on a drawback that you also get. Cool. Let so me ask you this: Was this born yeah. of the idea? Uh, I recall you used to joke around when you would fog up windows when you would sit close or in a car. You just inevitably your window would be fogged up. Even your parents mm-hmm. would be frustrated at you, and you joked right. around about how it was like your your lame superpower and how we yes. and then kind of theorized we all have some stupid lame superpower. Uh, and then kind of discovering what yours is could take a lifetime. It could, you could do it. I don't know. It's just a funny right. thought that we have something lame and it happens to, yours happens to be fogging up windows a little too easily. And yeah, ha- that's pretty much where this originated. Um, so yeah, that's my, that's my superpower is I've, I'm really prone to fogging up windows. <laughs> so you have um, that soup, that's your plus and your minuses. You're bad at estimating uh, condensation evaporation time. Yeah, how long water takes to evaporate. I'm really bad at that. <laughs> Those, that's your one flaw. Is that, would you say that's your, one of your biggest flaws? Uh, yeah, I, w- I would say that's my only flaw. That's the only one. Yeah. Well, um, I am. And, you know. I'm average well, at it. Got- so, yeah. And I know exactly how good the average person is at, at uh, predicting water evaporation. How long it takes so. for water to evaporate. Right. right. Well, see, the thing is, y- you know, I'm sure. I don't know, but I'm I'm pretty sure you probably have a toilet in uh in your apartment, right? Yeah, of course. And what is it? Well, I mean, there's water inside that thing. Yes. And it's always in there. Yes. It never evaporates. Right. But I mean, when you flush it fills back up, so clearly there's something keeping it at a particular level, right? Or or is it only when I'm you flush saying, it it lets it back in, right? I'm just saying. I'm just <laughs> I, I'm just saying. I mean, the oceans are still around. 
Uh, and they've been around for like a hundred years or more. <laughs> Clearly, and they some, haven't evaporated. I don't. We're having a many different. So like, they they do evaporate. They just fall back to if, themselves. Listen, to listen. The, if water was evaporating at this huge rate, then where is all of the water out in space? Um, well, I, you know, you know, I'm not the scientist of the of the group between the the two of us, but I'm pretty <laughs> sure. It, uh, it, it just, it's, that's that's one. That's what I ought to do next time. Is uh, that should be another segment? Is uh, Daniel does science? Yeah, I like that. Daniel does science, and really, I, it'll be interesting to see because I mean, I'm a logical that's enough person. Funny. I'm not an idiot, but my science knowledge is is really bad. You could trick me on something fairly simple, uh, anything that's a little bit counterintuitive, or some simple math trick, you know, those sorts of things. I think mm-hmm. the average person would probably fall for. I'd be susceptible to it, too. Um, okay, I'm ready for the trick. I am uh, interested. And, oh, real quick before we begin, how if, if you were to take a, a glass of water the size of, uh, we'll say those pla- plastic wax-covered cups from the dentist uh, to, to rinse or do mouthwash or something. Like, I don't, how big are those? Uh, maybe like three well, ounces. How, how big compared to a shot glass? Uh, probably like triple the size. Triple the size of a shot glass? Yeah. Is that seem- So we're talking like one of the little cups, you know, the little cone-shaped cups that you yeah, get we'll, water we'll, out we'll of. We'll just say that. That's more universal. We can all picture the all right. cone-shaped cup. Um, yeah. And now I, because they don't lay over, because they're cone shaped, we have it suspended in the air or sitting nicely in some holder. Uh, mm-hmm. How long does that? And, and assuming it, the the wax is strong enough to hold the water. Yeah, there's nothing leaking through the um, the cup. Right. How long, how long does, does that it take, take to, evaporate? to evaporate? Well, all right. All right. So I joke about being bad at this, right. but you know, if you if you really ask me to figure it out, then I, I mean, I am an engineer. And I could probably figure it out um what's your knee-jerk reaction does this take a year does this take a week um is this probably probably anywhere between four and 12 years (laughs) 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 um no i don't knee-jerk knee-jerk reaction would, would be really bad um but but like the real answer the engineering answer is it depends it depends on uh, the ambient humidity and, and temperature. It depends on the surface area of water presented. Um, it depends on if there's any motion in the air. Like that's that's actually why I'm bad at figuring out how long it takes for water to evaporate because there's a lot of variables that determine how long it takes. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, if if you spilt some water on on uh, your counter in Florida. And then someone else spilt some water on their counter in Arizona. I was going to use Arizona. Ah, weird. I was going to give that example, but anyway, go ahead. Then, then you know, the it would probably be a pretty wildly different uh, time. You think so? It would be drastic. For, one could be a day, it, and one could be a week. Would, I mean, are we talking? Well, I mean, not maybe not that drastic. It depends. Spilling water, you know, it's not going to be a day, or well, it's not going to be a week. Could be um, if there's a lot of water. If it's if on it's like a tile thing, yeah. it's all standing there. It's not like being absorbed. It's not going to be there a week, I don't think. It's not going to be <laughs> no, there. How a do week. you know? You're really bad at it. Okay. I am bad at it. <laughs> on that note, let's get to the uh, the the bad or the superhero and the all small right. superhero. All right, the the superpowers yes. and drawbacks. Yes. All right, so I, I I didn't I didn't prepare specific ones, but on my list I have them in order. Okay. Last time I made you choose between two rank one superpowers and two rank one drawbacks okay. this time i'm gonna do rank two okay sounds good 
and I'm just going to go straight from the list. So, superpowers, uh, stoplights, traffic lights, mm-hmm. if red, will always turn green just as you arrive. I really like that. I mm-hmm. really like that. As yeah. I arrive, I mean, I'm still going to have to, if it's really backed up, I'm, it's going to turn green until I pass through, correct? Uh, yeah, it's like if there's a long line of cars at the red light, as soon as you pull up um, to the the last car in line, they start moving. So it's it's really it's not even that the light turns green as you arrive. It's that you you never have to come to a complete stop uh, because of a stoplight. Even better, yeah. yeah. Okay, so never dealing with um, traffic is essentially another way of framing it. You're just giving uh, me a logical due to a due to a traffic light. Through yeah, so stop signs maybe but, okay. stop signs yeah and wrecks, wrecks and, and yeah. general congestion and. Um, jaywalkers, all of those things you're still going to have to deal with. Okay, okay. That's pretty um, awesome. That, pretty good. Get, Rank two, though. That's pretty low on two. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see what you all have right, for well, the other all stuff. Right. Um, the, the other one that you can choose from is uh, every second that you scream as loudly as you can, you burn one calorie. Um, that's, a, that's a superpower? Yes. It's a good weight loss strategy. <laughs> One calorie? Uh, yeah, one calorie. I mean, it seems like a lot of yelling. <laughs> for, for, if you wanted to, you know, burn 500 calories. Wait, what's a good workout? What do you lose in a good workout? I don't know. Well, I mean, if you... You go play I mean, tennis you, for two, for an hour and a half and you're drenched when you're done. Have you burned 400 calories? Yes. Okay. So, okay. I mean, if you when when you go jogging, you burn probably 500 calories, uh, maybe uh, 300 to 500 calories. Okay. Yeah. Sure. Something like that. I mean, I like that you're. This is a creative and like thought provoking one, but I'm so not drawn to a one calorie <laughs> for a one second screen. Like, I don't find this. Like, they, they, there's a discrepancy between like, oh man, like no traffic lights ah oh, this is awesome and then oh i can scream as loud as i can which i'm pretty uncomfortable doing cuz i'm a, <laughs> I, when i scream i you know i can bellow like i truly can bellow so mm-hmm. i'm thinking well, i'm certainly not comfortable in my like home setting cuz i live in an apartment um i would just never do that at school i'd never do that um i'm almost never in Anyway, uh, interesting but not appealing to me. And mm, is it possibly right, well, true, by the way, that yelling as loud as you can for one second might burn a calorie? Is probably that, not. Is that even a superpower? Is that just true? I mean, it does burn. I mean, surely it does burn some some energy. I mean, but basically, yelling really loud is just just using your diaphragm not even all that much stronger than usual. I guess I was picturing, like, necks strained and veins and, like, just, and, like, that's just going to, that sort of intense moment is going to just... Well, one second is is pretty quick to burn It is, so, I mean, I could give a, like, an average yell, just a, I mean, right there, that's the three calories. See, I didn't, I didn't read these again through before this podcast this time, so... Uh, it, thinking about it now, it, that seems more like a one than a two. Uh, I, I think so, but I mean, I'm not going right. to pick on your ranking oh. system. So let's just say those are the two. Okay. All right. Well, I do have another two. Maybe so on the list already. Maybe so because I'm just not going to. I'm not even. I'm, that's a throwaway right. for I, me. I feel. I don't. All right. You know what? It should be fine. Uh, yeah, I don't want to break the soul of the superpowers and drawbacks, but I. I think that even I agree. Uh, reading back through it, that that one is probably probably not quite at the same level as the other yeah. one. 
Um, all right, so this one this one seems a little more appropriate. I think you'll like it a little better. <clears throat> all right, so uh, when cleaning, you never have to scrub or or even hit every spot on the surface you're cleaning. So one swipe is enough to completely clean or uh. apply anything. Um, so if you're applying wax, you could just one swipe and it's already all all applied. Uh, brushing your teeth. Just one quick swipe oh, once over your teeth, that, that washing your car, hygiene, super trivial. Yeah. Whenever you're cleaning anything, mm-hmm. um, you, don't, you don't have to scrub. So it's just, and it's, you know, almost like it's a commercial. Does, and you're, hmm. So even the hair, all the hairs around my sink after shaving and stuff, one Oh, yeah, just swipe. one swipe, whoop, and they're all gone. Um, whoop. And they're all... What? Yeah, did you not hear me? Uh, yeah, well, the sound clearly it makes it so obvious. Um, the 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 dirt does the let's say you're using a sponge to clean your tub or something. Does all the grime like just like normal wear and tear to your your cleaning supplies? I'd say normal. I guess so. So I do the one you're wipe saying, and the all scrub, the dirt on. Does the sponge yeah mess up? Yeah. Well, if you then took another sponge and swiped the first sponge, it would clean it. But it would go all to that other sponge, just transfer perfectly. <laughs> uh-huh. So, yeah, the, the superpower probably breaks the conservation of mass in some way. Yes, so all that dirt and grime doesn't necessarily get conserved. But the point is, you clean things a lot more effectively. I love that uh, a lot. Does this include, if I'm shaving, is it a one-pass shave, or is that not no, cleaning? that's not cleaning. Okay. Just making sure that's not cleaning. I mean, from a certain point of view, I guess you could say that it's cleaning hair off your face, but I'm not yeah. considering no, that. No, I agree. Um, what if something's like requires pressure washing typically, but I just run a tooth pe- a toothbrush along the concrete? Like, it works. It works. So yeah, that works. That cleans it. Now, if you're trying to clean your driveway and you choose a toothbrush. And you just do, you know, you kind of like bend over and scrub the toothbrush on the concrete as you walk from your door to the road. That's not going to clean the whole thing. No, but if I took a broom, would it would the sweeping or would it like clean it? Yeah, magically? every sweep, every sweep would just whoosh, whoosh, clean off all of that all stuff. the dirt whoosh, and grime whoosh, that's whoop. been there for years would just. Yeah, that's the power. Man, okay, I really like those two a lot. All right, so well, that's competitive. Just Good. I'm glad th- those are competitive, at least. Uh, and I'm a clean so, but, freak, but, as you know. So. Right. But it's not over. Mm. In order to get one of those, you have to take one of these two drawbacks. Uh, and there are only two of these ranked two that I have right now. So, All right. The first one, it takes your body longer to wake up than your mind. So when you get up in the morning, your limbs will be asleep and all tingly and Ooh. pins and needles sensation and it takes uh takes 15 minutes for that to go is away is this like sleep paralysis i think that's actually a term that people experience there, where they like they will wake up and be unable to move it's not that though um so if you've ever you know been sitting in a position for too long and your your leg falls asleep and then you walk on it mm-hmm. and it's really uncomfortable yeah that's just how your whole body feels. So it is actually possible if I needed to grab the water, a gr- the glass of water, but it's just going to yeah, be can, really uncomfortable. Really uncomfortable. Yeah, yes, you can move just like you can when your leg falls asleep. It's just kind of 
weird, doesn't work exactly right, and it's super uncomfortable. Do I feel any more groggy than typical, like waking up? Is it just this is just a physical no. body thing? But I feel exactly the same. Yeah. I mean, I'm usually groggy, so I just wanted to see if I was more groggy because it seems like it would play in if I'm sleepy and my body's not wanting to respond. I'd, it'd be very difficult for me to to wake up in this situation. No, only only physical, no mental effects because of this. I mean, there could be secondary psychological effects, maybe, but but none directly attributable to this um this, drawback this is 15 it, minutes that's every day what about a nap every day every even when you nap anytime you wake up from being asleep roughly 15 minutes if i doze off on the couch minutes. have i like yeah that does it 15 man. minutes so don't don't do that why yeah. would any reasonable person nap anyway uh i nap occasionally oh well yes <laughs> We know. I mean, who's reasonable? This is the pleasure of sleeping. I don't know. It's like escapism and comfort all wrapped into one in a in a nice, comfortable dreamland. I like it. Actually, I feel bad about naps sometimes too because you feel like you are wasting your your waking hours. The only thing we're given. That's right. <sighs> no, um, I'm an anti-napper. Yeah, I can tell. And I, you know, if I could be an anti-napper, I would be. But there's just such. Uh, I love them sometimes. I really do. Anyway. Uh, the sleep, right. the sleeping thing, 15 minutes. That's so long, man. That is so long. Okay. What's the other one? All right. So the other choice that you have in order to get one of the superpowers is um, you are especially prone to generating static electricity. So expect to get a shock equivalent, uh, the equivalent to wintertime socks on carpet. Mm-hmm. You know, touching a doorknob, yeah. that that kind of shock. Every time you touch anything metal. Ooh, every time. Yes. In the summer, in the winter, all the time. Whenever you touch something metal, you get that. I mean, that's frequent. That that's every time I'm going to my car. Every time, every time you time touch I'm, your yep, car door handle. Or just home door handle. or. Yeah. You could use a yoni egg safely. <laughs> yeah. Lucky me. Uh, even like doing this podcasting, like, uh, or I guess even the, I guess can the computer shock you? I guess it. Can. Yeah, your yeah. computer has an aluminum frame. Yeah. Aluminum's well, yes. I mean, it is a metal, so that is covered. Uh, that's awful, Bennett. Uh, well, I especially hate that one. You, that's another. If I were to consider, if I had any more flaws than just being bad at, uh estimating how long it takes for water to evaporate in the fall and and winter time i get shocked a, a lot m- more than it seems other people do <laughs> and i really hate I it i know you really I, hate, I hate it, it. Watched you. i hate it i hate it so much that when i open door handles i don't touch them with my fingertips i touch them with like the the less sensitive side of my palm <laughs> you know like the side of my wrist that's not as sensitive i touch the door first with that so you so awkwardly reach shocked. at doors frequently like you build yeah, it into I've your had, routine i've had i've had people that, that just you know they don't know me very well like going to work or something and they're walking in behind me and i touch the door like that and they're they look at me funny and they're like is there something something wrong with the handle? Oh, uh, no, no. I just didn't want to get shocked, and then I sh- quickly shuffle in. And <laughs> you don't go really about explain. My just <laughs> shocks. <laughs> I hate them. Oh well, you see, I have a, dr- a drawback that I have because I picked super. But don't worry, I can fog up windows. <laughs> you need a window fogged. <laughs> I'm your guy. Yeah. Okay, so we've got. Uh, lights turn green whenever I approach them, or no traffic due to lights. 
traffic lights. Well, yeah. Well, it's not no traffic. It's due just to that. traffic lights, so I could still be caught in plenty of traffic. Um, um, what was the other one? Uh, when the cleaning thing. Oh, cleaning, cleaning one swipe cleaning. Yeah, one swipe cleaning. Or you're when you're sleeping. Or the drawbacks are sleeping makes everything, or it takes 15 minutes for your body to wake up. It's this intense, like, leg asleep, but your whole body. Um, right. And uh, and then this one. Um, static yeah, electricity. Yeah, static electricity everywhere. Gosh. Uh, my inclination is to say that yeah, I might take these too. What's interesting is if I still had my superpowers from last week, how many would I keep accumulating? <laughs> like you don't. Yeah. Well, I mean, but but would that affect my decisions moving forward? Almost certainly, I think. A, a person can only handle so many annoying drawbacks before it's just not worth it. Um, yeah, that's a good point. I it's interesting because I thought about the traffic lights in relationship to uh, commutes, and so you could sleep a little bit late or have to wake up a little earlier. It might even out uh, if you. Well, have... how long do you spend fifteen minutes on a commute at a stoplight? Uh, well, actually, probably not. So yeah, I mean, unless you're driving a really long way. I mean, at least for me, even lights that seem annoyingly long are you know, a minute and a half or two minutes that I'm And the longer you're driving, the more you're on, like if it's a long haul, you're on the highway and there's not a lot of traffic lights. Usually, yeah. Yeah, I mean, at the beginning and at the end, kind of getting on I mean, if you were if you were running from police or something, it would be really useful. Yeah, well, Um, (laughs) I don't plan on doing that anytime soon. Right. Um, And I guess, too, you know, with with the rise in popularity of, auto driving cars and the future of traffic you know automobile traffic kind of up in the air you know in a few years it it might not be that useful of a superpower yeah probably but so. also probably on the same time we'll have robots doing all the cleaning for us so. but the cleaning man the cleaning i think i'm drawn to the cleaning as a neat freak and as you sure you don't want to scream to lose weight uh well we would have to up the game significantly it would be like what if Five. How many calories would you have to burn in a scream in order to make it worth it? Well, instead of calorie burning, so could you could you frame it where if I scream my head off for ten minutes a day, that's the equivalent of like a good workout? Um, well, like a, yeah, that's that's what I'm that's, that's, what, that's I'm what you're saying. going for, uh, and maybe it is already. Maybe the one calorie, like, well, no, one calorie. Well, I mean. To get a workout's worth of that, you would have to scream for, you know, 500 or 600 seconds. Let's say it's 600 seconds. That's, yeah, that's 10 minutes, right? And that's a lot of screaming. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, you probably can't even scream at the top of your lungs for 10 minutes. Oh, yeah, I feel like your vocal cords would be raw after that. So maybe we're underselling that, the utility in that, especially if you... Could I? I could invest in some sort of pillow that I scream into, um, <laughs> a screaming pillow. Yeah, the yawny pillow. <laughs> um, I've seen some sort of uh, device, pillow. A, a device you put around <laughs> your your mouth so people can warm up singing like on the in public areas. Um, oh, and it might it might be good in this case. I don't think I want that though. Uh, 
if it's weird though if you just angle it a little bit differently and tell me if you scream as loud as you can for six minutes every day you'll have right. a six i overestimated your ability to do any math. yeah maybe that was it uh i get what you're it's just this calorie counting i guess is not what and, and I, your vocal cords respond right like you could build up your vote is it true could yeah, you? sure yeah you could get better at that um I don't think I – it's too much to juggle with that. Uh, I, the cleaning, man. It's the cleaning because I love a clean place and the idea of just swipe and done, swipe and done. I mean, I devote hours a week to cleaning. You're, you're, you're unleashing a lot of free time for me. That's very appealing. So if I were to hmm. take one – Really? Do you really spend that much every week cleaning? Uh, well – I mean – you know, honestly, if you clean so often, isn't it often one swipe and it's clean Well, yeah, clean I clean anyway? as I go, and it is a, a lot like that. But I am perpetually um, not quite pleased with how clean my place is. Like, it's, again, it's that high standards and perfection discussion we were having is that most people would come in and say, yeah, your place is clean, but, like, go look closely at my sink around the knobs. There's going to be little shave hairs, which drives me crazy, but honestly... Uh, very difficult to get up and I do that sort of hardcore cleaning where you take all the things off of your off 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 of everything you take everything out of the bathroom and then really clean I do that like every like once every three do you have a mop do you own a mop I do yeah um and not a lot of hardwood floor space so that's yeah so I actually bought I recently just bought some gloves that have uh like like basically cleaning they're meant to imagine a like a dishwashing scrub but just that that texture those kind of like uh oh gosh the language i don't have it but like tentacles bristles, like bristles. <laughs> they're tentacles What's... Those i am cleaning tired, tentacles. Man. i am so like in terms of just level of sleep <laughs> so these little tentacle cleaners these bristles um on oh. on the hands so you just put them put the gloves on and you you wash the right. dishes with your hands, and I might buy another pair if I, they haven't been delivered yet. But if I like them, I imagine just wiping the counters and even the floor. I have I could do that, but I don't want to mix the things I'm cleaning my plates with with like floor scrubbing. Uh, but right. anyway, I invest in cleaning supplies. I take joy in that sort of thing. Um, you know, I, I guess it's not related, but scents like candles and that sort of thing. I just really enjoy. So. Yeah, this idea of going clean is just almost this magic cleaning really appeals to me. Um, I would mm-hmm. go clean. I might even shape my, I might go clean houses for a living. Imagine, you know, that what they can charge. Yeah, you could. You, because, like, companies will charge hundreds of dollars to go clean bigger houses, and they have teams of, like, five people go in and spend an hour there. But I could probably cover that ground. One person, me, 30 minutes, big house. So... I could get the full yeah. cash. I might just have quit my day job kind of thing uh, and take you pleasure could, in mean, it too because uh, I like clean th- Like there's there's also that simplistic pleasure. That but I'm every learning. time every time you touch the vacuum cleaner or, you know, their doorknobs, you might get electrocuted a little bit. Uh, if I choose that one or, that or one. the sleep waking thing. I think I'd have to choose. I lean toward the annoying waking up because I could build that into my routine. Whereas the never-ending torture of being shocked is like, uh, that's, that, but, that's frustrating. I mean, it is annoying. It is frustrating. 
Depends right. on how bad well, the zap is too, though. I mean, because I can tolerate the zap. I think a lot better. What's than... the worst? The worst static electricity shock you've ever had? Um, there was this. The ling. You okay? Usually shocks they they happen and you're kind of like ow and you shake your hand, but it's really already gone. It just feels strange that you that happened. It's more of the startle. Mm-hmm. But I've had yes. it bad enough where I've seen it jump a, a, maybe half an inch. Yeah, or whatever I've seen that's it. That's usually how mine are. Oh, really? I can see. I can see the arc. Yeah. Well, yeah. If you can see the arc, and then it hurts enough that there actually is a lingering tingle and numbness, that sort of distinct electric shock, where you're like, "Whoa!" and you just want to tell someone about it, and you're just immediately pissed off. Like your your mood is shifted yes. to like. Yep, you that's can't, how it is for me. You can't just be like, hey, if someone were to ask you, are you happy? Like, let's say we're having an existential conversation. Hey, Bennett, are you are you happy? And you're like, yeah, I'm doing pretty. And then pow! Like, you're not going to say, yeah, I'm happy. I just got shot. Like, you know, <laughs> I'm not happy. I'm not that happy in my life. Well, uh, that's... After that. One time, uh, one time I was, uh, I went to go get a drink out of the water fountain mm-hmm. in the wintertime, and the button's plastic on it, you know, and I leaned over and pressed the button. And when my tongue hit the water, it, it electrocuted me. The water? On my tongue from the water. <laughs> and that, that was... That like you have bad I, I know what that. electricity tastes like now. It tastes like pain. <laughs> I know what electricity tastes like. It tastes like pain. It sounds like a bad emo poem. Uh, it sounds like a badass action movie line. <laughs> yeah, you're right. I was wrong. Uh you know, I, I tell my kids this. See if you agree. That reminds me. That reminds me of the the best line from the 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 original X Men movie. What is that? Did did you were you a fan of that movie? Uh, I mean, I had it on VHS. If that puts it in perspective, I found it yeah. on VHS recently when we were like cleaning out some stuff. I was like, oh my god, this was on VHS. That's strange. <laughs> it must have been one of I the last I, things I bought on VHS. I, I think I had it on VHS too. Um, it was. Uh, that really awful part when uh when storm hit, hits the, the toad was his name i think uh, i think you're right and so what what happens to a toad when he gets struck by lightning the same thing that happens to everything else <laughs> and then she strikes him with lightning and <laughs> that's the line <laughs> oh, that's so awful that is awful yeah, that's ugh. when you talk about bad jokes like that. I think my go-to worst joke I've ever seen or heard of was actually from a popsicle stick that your sister had. <laughs> oh, I think I remember. Do you know what this. I'm about to tell you? It's, yeah, I think so. This is so weird that I remember this random. What do you bit think the beginning of the trivia? joke is? Um, uh. Something about a whale. Yes, I got it. All right, I'm just going to tell it then. So it well, how do you... Why, yeah, go ahead. Why did the whale wear a green hat? This is literally on a kid's popsicle stick that had jokes on it. Why did the whale wear a green hat? <laughs> why? So it could hide in the grass. <laughs> God. Like unpacking oh, how truly terrible that joke is. I, it, it 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 stuck with me in that moment because I wanted to make sure I memorized the joke properly to not misrepresent it in the future, because a whale 
hiding in the grass? Like the only link, and why a hat to disguise it? Like why not any green, th- why didn't it say green scarf? Why didn't it say green whatever? And why choose a whale which would never hide in the grass? And this isn't right. some sort of well, absurdist humor meant well, to tickle the well, fancy well, of some it is sophisticated third humor. It Really? I mean, it, 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 well, I mean it, it is, but it's just really misapplied. That's the only conclusion I can draw is, well, because it is absurdist humor and, you know, viewed through that lens, you know, it's, well, I don't find it that funny, but it is absurd, and it does paint a funny picture in your head. A whale in um, a green hat. Of a big old whale in, in a yard, you know, wearing a little I mean, derby I mean, or something. you have to picture it in cartoon form. Like, I think everyone picturing this is not picturing a real... Were you picturing a real whale? Because I was picturing just total cartoon whale. No, I'm picturing a real <laughs> whale, like, in its death throes because it's been out Disgusting of the water. And it's kind of like... <laughs> <laughs> making, like, dying whale noises. Buzzards circling above, you know. This and it's like a MAGA scene, hat. Something out of, like, just an absolute horror scene that would terrify children. That's what this yeah. joke was meant to evoke, I'm sure. On the popsicle stick, yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, that's the thing, is that I agree it's a terrible joke. Because no one eating their popsicle and looking at that stick is going to, like, I mean, it's just not going to land. And Well, you know what? Who knows? Who knows? We certainly had childhood friends who couldn't make heads or tails of, of <laughs> normal, comprehensible Well, jokes. that's the thing that in, in, enraged me as a kid is I thought, and when I say kid, we were probably in high school. Um, I thought that the average person would go, <laughs> that's silly. A whale doesn't, you know, wear green hats or... or uh, you know, hide in the grass. <laughs> like, and I hated the idea that they're not, that the, the, the joke is so cheap and strange, And but yet I, it delighted me, and I loved it, and I have a connection with it uh, to this day. So, uh, yeah. Ah, uh, damn it, you threw me off, though. I was saying something about, um, it was before the worst line about... Um, oh, yeah, static electricity, yeah, probably. and then you said... You made the joke about the X Men line. Um, yeah. What was the line again? Uh, what What happens to a toad when it gets struck by lightning? Yeah, God. <laughs> the, the same, same thing that happens to everything else. Uh. <laughs> That's a lightning noise. Sounds I'm like really on noise. my sound effects this yeah, time. It's giving me all the visuals I need to picture this conversation Whoop. better. Oh. Wow, that's uh, that's clean. Uh, sorry, that's I just clean. I just cleaned something. <laughs> I'm over here cleaning. <laughs> Don't mind me. <laughs> Damn it! There's been a cleaning during the podcast again. I should add that into the power, superpower. Whenever you clean, yeah, it's one swipe clean, but it makes that noise. That'll probably just make it better. That up it to a three. Yeah. <laughs> then it's definitely a three. So, what are your picks? Your final picks are cleaning and and waking up your body tingling in the morning. Yeah, I'm gonna say, yeah, cleaning and oh god, uh, if I'm being shocked that frequently, yeah, I'm picking the predictable waking up in the morning because I can cope with predictable. If if I need to make a long term investment into something bad, it needs to be something I can predict. Uh, right. And I can predict that. I can you work can predict my way the static it. one because I mean you know when you're about to touch. something. I mean you know when you're about to touch something, but I don't think it's f- fair to ask yourself to be so present minded and every time you reach out to touch something that you have to evaluate. Like you're demanding yourself to be so on top of it. That's uh, right. unfair to your future self, if that makes sense. 
you know yeah. like consider the material of everything you ever touch from here on out like that's that's not fair i mean we can do it re- reasonably well but you're going to be surprised uh things are going to happen enough and it's just going to be maddening especially if it's a bad shock so uh i think i would just take the uncomfortable i mean i'd probably you know you just learn to set your alarm 15 minutes earlier than normal and uh deal with it that way uh, maybe have the radio come on and listen to some tunes while you're or some podcasting yeah, try or whatever. not to move try not to move very much or i mean maybe you are trying to move like maybe it can be no, it doesn't matter it's like 15 minutes so. oh it's like kind of like at the second that's over you're you're okay yeah well what if you doze off asleep i guess you reset that timer um yeah man don't do that don't fall back well it asleep. might teach me not to nap and do some better things with my life so use time a lot more wisely so you're saying i should move it to the superpower column um well no i'm just saying i'm trying to look at the the positive side of things so oh yeah hmm well i i tend to i tend to agree with your choices i, I think i would i think i would probably well it's a tough it's tough for me between the stoplights and the cleaning just because well the cleaning is way more efficient like definitely but but how much time does it really save me well i mean there's nothing that i clean that takes a very long time to clean or even that much effort to clean you know well i'm not typically um, furious at traffic lights either i just kind of accept sitting well, at a I'm traffic not furious light. yeah i'm not furious about it and also in my current circumstances i don't really drive through that many traffic lights i mean that's what did it for me when you said to me like at first i was all excited thinking wow i have this magical new world of no stoplights that sounds like pretty incredible and then when you pose the realistic question and say daniel like how how many stoplights are you going through on a daily basis how much is this really impeding your development it's like if i'm being Mm -hmm. honest like not really at all so i mean i maybe sit in traffic lights uh 20 minutes a week well like you know there's that statistic that I didn't, I didn't look up. I should have looked it up if I had known we were going to be doing this. Um, but there's some statistic I remember hearing, and it's, I probably am remembering it wrong, but that the average American spends, I mean, some absurd amount of time, like a year of their life, stopped at stopped in traffic or, or at traffic lights. Have you heard that yeah, before? Yeah, I'm actually Googling it and seeing if it gives us a real quick answer. How long you really spend waiting at traffic lights? I've heard, yeah... It doesn't give me like nothing, a, a, nothing quick. an immediate good Well, answer. anyway, I mean, it, it's who, who knows how much time. I'm sure it varies widely um, between people and stuff. But, but you know, even when I try to crunch the numbers for, for my own life, which one would save me more time? I still think the cleaning would probably save me more time. You know, it, it saves me time vacuuming. I don't have to be, I don't have to vacuum. I hate vacuuming. I don't have to vacuum as thoroughly. You know, one swipe. We'll clean, you know, the bottom of the tub and stuff. Cleaning my car would be way... I don't even wash my car oh, yeah. now because, because you know, my apartment, I don't have, like, a, a hose or anything. It's really kind of annoying. I might um, wash my car more can, often or my truck more often. Oh, yeah. I would get a spray bottle and a sponge and, like, just go, like, <laughs> and just, whoop, just clean off of that dirt real quick, yeah. you know. And my car would be super clean all the time. Yeah, Yeah, that would be really easy and great. That would save me time. Um, the stoplights, you know, I don't, I just don't spend all that much time at stoplights. So, uh, I would probably pick the cleaning. For the dar- for the drawbacks, 
you know, this one, if you analyze in terms of how much time, how much time do you spend in discomfort, then the, the static shock is actually the, the lower amount of time sure spent in discomfort but then it's mood altering for me like i'm not gonna wake up i mean sure i'm not trying to convince you differently mm-hmm. i'm just trying to break it down myself um because like the you know the the amount of time that i'm put off by the shock is pretty brief uh you know in the winter time this is my reality uh and so you know i can live with that i'm a it makes my life only a little worse um, you know, people ask me if I'm a happy person. I say no because of this, but you know, I'm still fairly happy. Oh, that reminded me of what I want to say. <laughs> oh, good. It was actually about a happiness. I, I say this to my kids and I'm, I'm curious if you'll agree when I say my kids, you know, I'm a teacher. So, um, I say this frequently and I do believe it, but I'm curious to what you think. So I tell them that happiness, I mean, we could get into the arguing of semantics and the meaning of every word, but there's something, if you're talking about happiness, uh, it's a it's an emotion, and an emotions can change over time. And so, when we ask ourselves, uh, "Are we happy?" or if we're is, is happiness what we should be seeking? I'm not so sure. And then I imagine them to to you're, you're walking along and you're super happy, and then you stub your toe really bad. It's difficult to say, "Oh, I'm happy," because you've been emotionally robbed of that happiness. It's hard to be happy while you're in this pain. However, if you change the question to, "Are you fulfilled?" Um, this sort of deeper meaning. Uh, right, we should be right, right. we should be pursuing fulfillment because you can certainly stub your toe and still be like, "Ow, oh, I'm unhappy right at this moment," but I'm certainly fulfilled. Mm-hmm. And so I try to uh, distinguish between happiness and fulfillment. Now, some kids they love to argue and you know explore, and they'll say, "Well, I think you're narrowly defining happiness." And sure, sure, sure. But all I'm trying to do is offer up this notion that happiness can be cheap, and we need to be careful about that and fulfillment. Or whatever word you want to substitute for it, but fulfillment is this higher. Uh, we should be pursuing something not in the name of emotion, essentially. And happiness is an emotion. Does that make sense? Yeah. Oh, that no, makes perfect sense, and I, I completely agree. Um, and I would also argue against your kids, uh, the ones that are arguing semantics. That well, I mean, if you're I mean, just as a person who uses words, you want your words to be specific and, and narrow, and then you have a variety of words so that you can more, in a more nuanced way, express what you're trying to express. You don't want one big catch-all word that means lots of really distinct emotions. You want lots of distinct words that, you know, define each of those individual emotions. Agree. So the word the word happy, you want it to mean something specific because that's what communication is for. We use a word to represent an idea and, you know, ideally we want that word to be understood by everyone and they know exactly what we mean. Right. And so I think it's, I think the distinction between happiness and fulfillment or purpose or meaning, however you want to cash that, that kind of long-term sense of satisfaction, I think it's really important to distinguish those two. Agreed. Because then also that brings to mind, um, when I was uh, before our trip to Japan uh, last year, mm-hmm. I was learning Japanese words, and I I, re- I remember learning the word uh, shiawase, which it meant it meant happy, but then in parentheses it said like it was like a long lasting um, sense of happiness or satisfaction. So there's a, a different word for that, and I think that it means happy, but in that sort of fulfilled kind of way. That sounds healthy to distinguish between the two. I mean. I, 
it's like the word love. We have a problem with it too. We say, I love chili dogs. I love my wife. I love my children. <laughs> like there's something clearly, yeah. I don't want to be applying the same word and of affection toward a food item I like to enjoy as, as I, as, as my partner in life, you know, there's a problem there. So yeah, there's a limitation on the word love. There's a limitation with the word happiness, except happiness. Yeah. We're using happiness to describe everything like, Oh, that makes me happy. That joke was hilarious. That little video on YouTube was, was great. Like I feel happy after seeing it. I'm also happy that I'm pursuing the career I want and I'm on the trajectory for toward, you know, satisfaction. Like that's the, you know, we're too limited with that word or we use it. The the word should be more limited and we use it as a blanket term all the time. Happy, sad, good, bad. These just sort of general terms to apply to everything. And that's, that's the issue. Right. No. Yeah. I, I definitely agree with that. And just saying like you should pursue happiness is not really that helpful for kids. I don't think. And that's why I want them to start thinking differently about, well, what, what does fulfillment really mean now that we're understanding it's not an emotionally driven thing? How do I logically start to put together what is fulfillment and then pursue that? Uh, I think that's a really mm-hmm. great step to take. So I'll, te- right. I'll uh, well, pat myself th- on the teacher back there. I thought you might disagree nice with job. me more or push me a little more, uh, but I'm just a genius. Oh, no. Right? Yeah, I'm, I'm 100% on board with that. Um, with with that, I also think while we're on the topic, it can be confusing for kids to distinguish between happiness and meaning. I mean, when when we think about it now, it seems to make sense, right? Um, we we kind of understand the distinction between happiness and meaning. But when I think back to when I was a kid, I don't I don't know if I would have been able to really distinguish the two clearly. Um, I mean, I don't recall ever having been asked. But, you know, like, I think pursue happiness might have been something that I was like, oh, yeah, okay, yeah, sure, sounds good. I would, just wouldn't have thought about it too much because I don't, when people say pursue something meaningful, I would have lumped it all into the same category of, you know, do what makes you happy. Yeah. I, but when I, when I think back on, like, my experiences and, like, try to think of, try to think of the times you were happy and... And really, at least when I think back on the times I was happy, things that linger in my memory, you know, it really isn't happiness that that is causing it to stick in my memory. It's the meaningfulness. Like, most of the things that come to mind are, are times that I spent with friends or, you know, a- events where I was I was building relationships with people that, that I really cared about. And so, you know, that doesn't – I mean, yes, I was happy in the moment, but it was also meaningful – and there are plenty of moments I'm sure where I was happy, but they weren't meaningful, and consequently I don't remember them. I that's that's very interesting that we attach memories to meaning and not, um, maybe not that emotional whim or, or not necessarily happiness. Yeah, I mean, or you think you could be happy eating a Chick Fil A sandwich? I'm sure you would agree, right? Like, oh yeah, I've, every time I eat a Chick Fil A sandwich, I'm happy r- unless they put pickles on. <laughs> So as long as your properly crafted Chick-fil-A sandwich is there, it's warm, it's delicious, you're happy eating it. But because you're not, um, you know, once set... Forming a relationship yeah, yeah. with the sandwich. <laughs> well, it's not new to you. Uh, right. 
it's well, but now now this will probably help illustrate um, the point better. Um, and when I when I moved to Wisconsin for a year and there were no Chick Fil A's around, then uh, I actually made a couple of pilgrimages to the nearest Chick Fil A, which was over a two hour drive away from where I was in Wisconsin, and that was a little bit more meaningful than just happy when I ate the Chick Fil A that time. Well, yeah, you invested. There's a memory attached because that journey was meaningful in some capacity. You were having to declare your devotion toward Chick-fil-A, uh, really overcome some barriers to do so, and that makes total sense to me. And I would imagine, too, oh, do you remember the first time you had Chick-fil-A and really loved it? No, I don't remember. I mean, I've had it ever since I was a kid, so I remember there used to be a Chick-fil-A near near where I lived growing up that uh, it didn't have an interior restaurant. You couldn't go inside and sit and eat. It was a double drive through mm-hmm. And that's the only Chick-fil-A that we ever went to. And so, you know, the first time they made a Chick-fil-A that you could actually sit inside and eat like a normal fast food restaurant, I thought that was strange. I guess I'm just... But I don't... I, but I, I don't remember the first time I had Chick-fil-A. I can't and, and say really I remember it. the first time I had almost any fast food, now that I'm thinking about it. But I was going to... Well, that's just... Well, all happened so long yeah. ago. I mean, I don't... I remember very little from when I was a kid, like, specific instances, you know? Like, my... I, I often joke that I can only remember things in the last seven years. <laughs> right. It's been far more than seven years. But I was going to... Yeah. Um, make a hypothesis that you would remember the first ones because they were meaningful whereas the subsequent ones are less meaningful so you forget but you're just as happy having them but they're not as meaningful Uh, well i think the reason for that is because i i was a kid i had had no concept of meaning you know as as a young kid like how do you know what's meaning how can you actually distinguish between meaningfulness and happiness because you don't know what's long-lastingly important when you're a plus kid. when you're so little I mean, you're everything's bombarded meaningful. with so many new it's experiences. all new experiences so they're all potentially meaningful or not so you're, right. you're just like don't have this sort of long-term memory uh probably in your own best interest or you'd be going crazy too many too many times like if you were super reflective and deep and you had this many new experiences it would be overwhelming like you can't be a deep two-year-old you shouldn't be a deep two-year-old that would be a difficult <laughs> well, when when do you think that you start developing the that sense for meaning when how old do you have to be when you have your first meaningful experience do you think in general? oh man i don't know that i fully understand the question uh how well, old do you have to say, be when your first saying, meaningful experience we're, we're saying that when you're a young kid a two-year-old or a three-year-old you don't have the capacity to distinguish between something that makes you happy and something that's meaningful because everything is new and you can't, you don't have the ability to look down the road far enough to see that this is going to pay dividends in the future. So kind of, kind of the thing that gives us a sense of meaning is the, the idea that this, it's not instant gratification. It's satisfying our future self. Right. Right. And a kid can't really do that to the same extent. Well, I, I should say you develop that ability as you age. And so my question to you was, when do you think that starts happening in a normal person's development? At what age do you think people start to have meaningful experiences because they can recognize that 
you know, they're doing something for their future self. You know, I would think, I'm sure the cognitive developmental sciences have something to say on this. I remember watching in some psychology courses, it was fascinating, this, these babies doing their out of, out of sight, out of mind. Like when they're at a certain okay. age, you could take a toy in front of them. They'd be watching it, kind of reaching for it, and then take it into their peripheral vision, and then out of it. And as soon as it was out of it, you could see it was like a, a, a blank slate. Like they, they right, right. have you seen these videos before? It's pretty fascinating. So once the thing is behind them or out of their vision, or or even that's why peekaboo is actually fascinating because when you cover your face, they don't they've forgotten you're there, and then the joy all rushes back in when they're super young. Um, right. It's like, holy crap, there's my parent or loved one or whatever, you know, just this important right, right. person. Playing, playing with perception and reality. Yeah. Really interesting. So it's super – you should watch some videos on it. Just seeing the toy go away, they can literally cover it with a napkin and then you just see the baby start looking out like like, like they've forgotten all about it. And then you un, you lift it up and they're like, oh, whoa, kind of startled. Um, well, I'm sure you've played that, that same game with a dog and a tennis ball. Oh, yeah, this know? sort of things happen. So – Clearly, uh, my guess about when meaningful things happen might be when you can start to, I mean, I guess we have to define meaning a little bit clearer, but when when you become more empathetic, when you're able to say, oh, um, other people are experiencing things, and that means hmm. when they're experiencing pain and pleasure, and so when memories are not just about yourself, but you know, collaboratively constructing this meaning. And so mm, that's not where I thought you were going to go with that. Well, that's, it seems like significantly older, right? That you might. So be... if that's the case, if that's the case, do you think a person raised uh, in relative isolation on an island would, it would take them a lot longer to develop a sense of meaning? Um, <sighs> if you think meaning is socially constructed. Well, I mean, that's they're kind of putting words in my mouth there. Um, no, I'm not. I'm really trying to figure out what you just said. Yeah, well, I, what, I'm not saying that, like, all meaning is socially constructed, but, like, the idea of it, it being powerful well, to the extent because you're realizing, oh, I have relationships, and these relationships mean something to me and to them, and that that's going to help solidify my memory uh, in terms of meaning. Like, it seems like that would really help. Um, like, for, Well, I mean, I agree with you there. Uh, um, but I'm just wondering, I'm wondering. Yeah, but the, no, your question if that's not just because more of your meaningful interactions have been that's social. possible. I might be biased. Um, so, does the person raised on an island, or not even raised, just d- developing on an island, like have mm-hmm. just as much meaning as someone who is like socially adept and and adjusted? Just the normal, yeah, you know, normal kid that we might um, know, or one of us, for example. And and how does that affect? Fulfillment, happiness, all of those things. Well, um, I don't, I don't know, man. I have no idea. I don't even know what to guess because I want to. My bias wants to say no. The kid who's typical, who is well adjusted well, socially. Let's, is, let's stop looking. Let's stop looking at, or let's stop trying to imagine what the average person might might feel in terms of happiness versus meaning, because it's hard for us to imagine what everyone else is like. But let's talk personally. Like, when's the f- how old were you when you had one of whatever the earliest or one of the earliest meaningful experiences you've had? Like, how old were you? Um, maybe three. God, really? I don't remember anything from when I was three. Nothing. 
I might as well. I mean, you could tell me. I, I don't. Need, I, I just wasn't around when I was three. <laughs> like, yeah, you as you Bennett, the person you are now, was not around when Bennett, the child, no. was running around and doing things. No. Yeah, but it's tough because we are our stories to some degree. So I've heard this story. I've told this story myself. I I think I genuinely have some memories around this particular story I'm thinking of. And to what degree did I invent or did my parents, am I adapting my parents' uh, story? Uh, and so, I, dang it, man, I don't know. And that's actually a kind All of right, an so eerie thing. Like, am I attaching? When's the second, when's the second one that you remember then? Um... Well, I mean, because, see, I remember some of the, or some of their stories I know I don't remember. So I very much can just say, yeah, like, I was, I don't remember that. But So your parents are liars. And, well, no, I just don't remember it. Um, <laughs> big difference. Um, my second meaningful memory. I don't, I don't know. Uh, All right. But you're saying, like, when you were a toddler, basically, you're, you're starting to have meaningful experiences. Yes, possibly. Jeez. Well, see, like. I, like, when were my meaningful experiences? Like, I mean, I would say something like, uh, I mean, I didn't, I wasn't able to distinguish happiness from meaning. Well, oh, I don't know that I would have understood that. And in fact, I was thinking, there's some ninth graders, when I say that to them, they give me this dumb look, like it's just, they're, they're glazed over and this is so boring. Now, a lot of them look and go, wow, like, Oh, I've never thought that thought, and it's so it's r- hitting them right at the right time, and they're they're fascinated to ask questions. And some of them are like, "This is boring. Meaning versus happiness, or fulfillment versus happiness. What's the difference? Who ca- who cares? Why are we always thinking so much? You know, this sort of dismissive. This is so boring. <laughs> Why are we thinking so? Yeah, much? no, seriously though, the it's anti just... anti intellectual. It's just rebellion against. against it is, but imagine actually how boring it would be if you truly can't quite comprehend the difference between happiness and fulfillment and it just sounds like you're saying stupid things you're like why who, it sounds who like cares? Uh, why, why are we talking yoni about egg, this it's, yoni egg nonsense yeah well yeah it sounds like nonsense yoni yoni egg nonsense <laughs> i know but it does just sound like it, they have no interest in it they might not be where they cognitively can even grasp what i'm saying so i might as well be saying like what's the difference between sad and very sad? And you're like, well, that's not that interesting. One's a little more than the other. I hear the word very. I understand what you're saying. But sad and very sad. They might be thinking happy and fulfillment. Like, those two terms are so synonymous. Like, who who cares? They, they would say, they would say, I mean, I don't even know. If, well, yeah, but they would say this is just, this is just not worth it to me uh to to explore this thought like this is tedious and silly um yeah your class is not very meaningful (laughs) well to those kids not ready to hear it actually yeah yeah sure well yeah i mean that's That's the irony though like i think it's the most meaningful thing in the world to be exploring uh if you're but if Uh, you're not ready to explore uh, it right i do think it's really important i mean i mean when i think about god i mean meaningful experiences i mean you know, i would say probably around i i don't remember any seventh or eighth grade or so um i mean i would say you know when when we were kids you and i we would uh 
we would get together during the summers for uh for a friend's birthday mm-hmm. and we would do stupid videos um and i would say some of the earliest ones probably not that meaningful you know at the time they were just things i was things i was doing uh but then ultimately when we started reflecting on our friendship and the videos themselves and making it sort of a tradition, then it actually sort started to take on some meaning. And I would say that even to this day, that stuff is still meaningful. Well, I totally agree that those, those, those videos and those memories are so meaningful. I guess I struggle with, okay, I take that. The, that, me, the meaning of the meaning. The meaning of meaning. I look back at my three-year-old self in that story and it, and I've attached meaning that I might not have fully comprehended. I, I, I really should just tell the story, uh, but I'm not going to, uh, okay. <laughs> that's so lame, but, uh, well, it was, you were three, so it couldn't have been, uh, I'll give know, the, the spark notes version profound. of it is that, that I had gotten home from the doctors and, uh, it was a summer day and I saw a, crusty croakless carcass cooked to the pavement right? concrete. concrete concrete cooked to the concrete pavement how did i miss that one oh, just a crusty oh. croakless carcass cooked to the concrete the story is more meaningful to me <laughs> it was a frog baked on the concrete and i asked my dad to uh fix it when he got home you know please fix this frog obviously the frog's dead and he actually kneels next to me, and I recall the the feeling it was. Like, why did he kneel, you know, when he knew it was dead? He didn't need to do that. And then he told me the frog's dead. And so the, I cried, and those tears were complicated, I let, later realized. Like, you could say, oh, he's just crying because he's a three-year-old who wanted the frog to come alive. But what if those tears were for my father? And I actually believe that to some degree it was like, whoa, this realization my dad can't do everything. So it was a loss of innocence moment for me. And I wasn't getting You lost frog. your innocence when you were three years old. Well, that's what it, well, it was a moment for me. Um, or the time he put me on his shoulders to go see Barney. And Barney was being mobbed by tons of kids. <laughs> so in order for me to get close, my dad was trying to be a good dad. Wait, in person? Yeah. like like You saw Barney uh, in person? I don't know to what extent. Because for a while they were doing Power Rangers and Barney at like various car sales and my parents didn't care they would go they just uh-huh. didn't take me out to do something they were being sweet parents basically and like we would go and sometimes right. it'd be just lame sweet parents showing you counterfeit <laughs> yeah Barney. basically not the real deal he didn't really <laughs> love you and love me well he just wanted to sell you a, a car a, a, yeah a car <laughs> i'm not sure the context an old van is. an old camry <laughs> I don't know if I've ever told you this story. So we're there. I don't know where it was. I seriously don't. I don't know how I have not how heard legitimate story, this was. Okay. So little, I don't know how old I would have been, but uh, pre-first grade, so kindergarten or something. So he puts yeah. me on his shoulder so I can get closer because these mobs, I'm a, I'm a quiet and polite kid. I'm not going to make my way through a mob of kids trying to get at Barney. So he just wants to get me close. How, how big is this mob? Uh, I don't recall. Uh, I just know that. My dad just could pick me up, put it on his shoulders, and like walk me closer, and like, okay. and probably even just seeing that I'm being shy, but like, probably says something to me like, "Hey, Daniel, you you want to get closer?" And yeah, like, and he just puts me on his shoulders, and we get closer. So he's he's mm-hmm. making his way around, and 
he's spinning around and high-fiving kids, whatever, I don't know. And I see the zipper on the back of of the costume, the very oh, clear man. zipper. So it wasn't And fake I money. just started bawling, crying, and I said, this is truly my reaction. I, I remember this clearly. I was furious, and I was furious with my dad. And I said, Dad, <laughs> you let me see the zipper! I mean, that's actually strangely sophisticated, if you ask me. Like, it to me, it suggests I understood on some level that he is not real, but I did not want to know. Like, do not unveil uh, this truth to yeah, me. Yeah, ignorance is Allow bliss. me to remain ignorant. Uh, and I blame you for even getting me to the position in which I can't deny this. I mean, I recall hmm. speculating about Barney and being annoyed with my mom's response. I was like, how can he talk? I, and then I said, maybe, maybe, <laughs> like, how do dinosaurs talk? As if that's the most absurd thing about this puppet, not puppet, but just right. costumed dinosaur person. Like, I, I assumed he was a real dinosaur. Just how could he talk? Um, and then I speculated that he swallowed a radio. That's what I said. Mom, do you think he, uh, do you think he swallowed a radio? And then when my mom responded with, which I think is an appropriate adult response, she goes, I don't know. What do you think? You know, just kind of that lame, like yeah, throw yeah, it yeah. back to the kid. I knew right. that he wasn't real and all this was just crap. But I, I, so I was frustrated with a response because I don't bullshit yeah, me. Yes, mom. it was kind of this young kid. Like I knew I was sophisticated enough to know, I guess. And so there was that component, and then then seeing the zipper, and it's like, why can't you, as parents, just let me be a kid? <laughs> Which is hilarious because <laughs> they did everything right, obviously. So um, that oh, man, those loss of innocence moments. Those are those are significant, though, uh, and we all have. So, them. but those are all right. So those are significant moments, impactful moments, and and emotional moments. Yes. But were they meaningful moments? Well, like, I mean, if meaning is this lasting happiness, the sense of satisfaction, then is that what uh, we're talking about? Well, meaning and happiness or, or even fulfillment and meaning, like meaning can be really bad if it's a meaningful moment that shapes you in a negative way. Right. So I don't I don't know. But like they're moments of growth. But so realizations about the world are meaningful. Do they make you yeah, sure. happier or do they make you more fulfilled? Well, uh, yeah, so we're in that, that definition space of not talking about the same thing, I think. I think you're right because they, they it just seems like these are meaningful moments, right? These moments of growth are well, meaningful, and I well, remember I mean, them. Again, it depends on, it depends on what, what, in what way you're using the word meaningful. I mean, if, if we're talking about this... Like I get in the sense of, um, well, when I talk about meaning, at least I'm talking about it in the way where you kind of, you, you learn that your actions are, um, are, are benefiting your future self in some way, or what you've just done has, has kind of added on a block, a building block to who, who you are. Um, and, uh, and so those moments that you described they may they may do just that uh but it seems like they're more uh, emotionally impacting moments you know like you know we've all had emotionally 
impacting moments when we were kids and when you're embarrassed at something or um, you know when you when you misbehave and you get caught uh, something like that that are they're meaningful in that you know they meant something to us but are they meaningful in the sense of kind of this purpose or fulfillment sort of thing? yeah but I'm arguing that these moments aren't just these were revelations um, these were moments where I can't deny the reality that's in my face anymore um, well yeah yeah sure and I'm not debating that or at all I'm just saying that is that what we're discussing? Uh, yeah, when we that's talk a little meaning bit versus happiness. Yeah, no, well, that's why I, I guess I was. It's not fulfilling. Those moments aren't those moments of fulfillment that I'm talking about. Um, right. Yeah. So. Okay. Well, that's that's fine. They're just two different sorts of things that we're talking about. Um, yeah. Well, I guess in order to have a f- fulfilling memories or fulfilling moments, I think you have to understand yourself a bit. Was that fair to say? Mm-hmm. And at three or four uh, years old, yeah. you don't you don't really understand yourself. Yeah, you don't know anything, and that's kind of why like that's why I don't think I remember much from being three or four years old. Right, which is totally reasonable, uh, because they took those stories, told them, and by telling made them meaningful to them. Well, that that story was probably meaningful for your parents. The frog one, uh, the frog one, anyway. and and the Barney one. They thought they it was more of a funny story to share with couples when they came over and stuff. And so I never, sure, because that was shared so frequently. I never, uh, I was never allowed to forget. Like it was always a fresh memory. <laughs> Barney, Barney is <laughs> Barney fake. Haunts you never forget dreams. that Barney is fake. Yeah. At least the car, the car lot, the car lot Barney's fake. fake. I'm waiting. You can for always have faith that the real Barney is <laughs> he's out, out there, there somewhere. doing his thing somewhere somehow. Yeah, and I mean he's probably millions of years old by now, so no reason to think he'll kick the bucket exactly. anytime soon. Exactly. I don't know how he survived the comment or whatever it was, but God bless him for it. Teaching yeah, people just, to love uh, each other. That big old, the big old comet just whoop, cleaned all the dinosaurs <laughs> right off the face of the earth. <laughs> and that's exactly how it sounded. Uh, I think it's a pretty good uh, note to wind down on. I am uh, getting super tired. Um, all right. And uh, I thought it was a good um, discussion. I thought of a phrase uh, while you were while you were talking about about stuff and. It, <laughs> I'll never, I'll never get to use it again, ever, okay. so um, except for on this podcast. Um, uh, don't, don't count your yoni eggs uh, before they're in your snatch. <laughs> <laughs> so. I love uh, that so much. <laughs> On that note, uh, I guess I'll talk to you next time. All right, next time. Oh, that's a great way to end it. All right, man. <laughs> See ya. See ya.